Hello, this is Victoria Vandenberg, and this is the Biscuits Buttered Podcast. Uh, we had a podcast tonight. It got a little depressing as it went through. Uh, I just wanted to warn you uh, as a trigger warning uh, that it might get a little depressing as the podcast goes on because uh, we had to announce some sad news and we had to talk about a lot of depressing things that happened. Uh, sometimes the holidays can be a little depressing and they can be a little hard to get through. Uh, we we recorded this podcast uh, tonight uh, on Christmas Eve. Uh, so I just wanted to warn everybody uh, that this is kind of a depressing episode. So this is Biscuits Buttered with uh, Victoria Vonnenberg. Be sure to hit us up on Twitter, uh, Bisc Butt Pod and hit us up on Facebook. Uh, we've got a profile called Biscuits Buttered. You can also uh, email us at biscuitsbuttered at proton.me, which is our email. And I have not checked any of these this week. Uh, so uh, just uh, hit us up on those and I will eventually check them maybe tomorrow uh, after I unwrap my gifts and have a wonderful day and pig out and uh, do everything that I uh, normally do on uh, Christmas. So I just wanted to warn people about that, that this isn't, uh, I guess, as funny as a podcast as it normally would be. Um, and it might be a little depressing. It might put you in a bad mood. I don't know. But we'll, we'll, we'll see. Just maybe you'll get through it. Maybe you'll like it. I don't know. Uh, our sponsor uh, tonight is Applebee's. Uh, have you ever eaten uh, Toblerone? Have you ever eaten a Toblerone? And you think, man, this is like candy, but it's really unsatisfying. Well, do you want that same feeling only as a restaurant? Well, go to Applebee's where they have lackluster uh, appetizers. They have lackluster entrees and they have lackluster desserts. Uh, do you want a French onion soup that every other fucking restaurant on the planet has? Well, Go to fucking Applebee's. Do you want tomato soup that you could get at your fucking house in a can? Well, go to fucking Applebee's. Do you want a steak that comes out luke fucking warm and is just fucking nasty and looks like they just cut it off of a fucking dog? Uh, go to fucking Applebee's. Do you want ice cream? Do you want a delicious chocolate cake and ice cream? that looks like it was in a box frozen and they just popped it in the microwave and brought it out to you, uh, go to Applebee's and enjoy all these things. And, you know, the best thing about Applebee's is you can get cheap. It's a place you can go get drunk for cheap, okay? Go up there, get their mixed drinks, get fucking shitty. Uh, go out and take the waitress home and fuck her because that's about the best thing that's going to happen to her all week because she works at fucking Applebee's. Uh, so that's our sponsor, Applebee's, where you can go and uh, instead of committing suicide, you can just go to Applebee's and eat a fucking uh, steak. All right. Uh, the podcast begins now. Jesus is the reason for the season. <laughs> that's what I have to hear. Every single goddamn year, somebody comes up, don't you know? Don't, oh shit, hold on, hold on. Beer's frozen, hold on. God damn it, fucking piece of shit. All that fucking beer's frozen. All of it. You cocksuckers. Wait, this one isn't. This one isn't frozen. Alright. Okay. I know. Just bear with me. Bear with me. Uh, I was trying to open up a beer, and uh, it just went everywhere. So, uh, I uh, let me try to open this one. Maybe it won't fucking spew everywhere. The other one was frozen. Uh... It is Christmas Eve, and you know, everywhere I go in Alabama, I see signs. Signs all over the place. Jesus is the reason for the season. Jesus is the reason for the season. 
It's like they have no fucking clue. No matter how many times you explain to people in Alabama, hey, actually, <laughs> actually, this holiday has roots going way back, like pagan fucking roots. Uh, you know, gift giving and reefs and all this stuff dates back to Saturnalia. And even like today, I got on Facebook and there's like a Christian on Facebook who's making videos, making fun of people who are talking about the pagan origins of Christmas, saying, oh, they're not right. Nope. And he's like, he's being very arrogant about it. Like he'll, he'll show a clip of them and then he'll go, nope, that's not what happened. Nope, that's not what we're doing. Nope, nope, nope. You know, he's like going through the list of what he thinks wrong with what they're saying, basically trying to leave the impression that there's no pagan origins to Christmas. And I'm just like, but but there just is. <laughs> you know, like, I'm sorry. All of these holidays, you know, date back to a long time ago and have pagan origins. And almost all these old stories from the Bible were told in other countries far before they actually got into the Bible. And it, it's just, you know, there, there's flood myths no matter where you go. On the planet, there's flood myths no matter where you go. All these stories are very, very old. And they passed them down. And if, if the religion changed, they just changed a little bit of the story and kept it. That's how all of this happened. Ah, all right, this beer sucks. What is this? Breckenbach. But it, it just amazes me. It just amazes me that every single year we go through the same thing. People put signs out in their yard. Jesus is the reason for the season. It's like, well, yeah, I guess. But also there's lots of reasons for the season that date back a long time ago. You know, just like Tuscumbia got mad about the the pagans wanting to have their little Krampus festival. Um, and this week I had people get mad at me because I was like, happy solstice, happy you, merry you, you know, but people don't, oh, no, what are you doing? It's Christmas team. And I'm like, well, you know, I like the idea of the Yule. Okay. I like the idea of it. I like going out into the woods and chopping down a fucking tree and burning it. And just seeing how long it'll fucking burn. I like the idea of that. And we had the solstice the other day. The longest night of the year. And there's something, you know, special about that. There's something special about that. It's kind of like a every year thing. I want to do something special for the solstice. Because I, look, I'm an atheist. I'm a, an, I do not believe in a God. I don't believe that there's some... You know, no matter how wishy-washy, no matter how kind of um, vague you get with it or opaque you get with it, I don't think there is a controlling force of the universe, okay? <laughs> we'll just go out that broad. I don't think there's a controlling force of the universe. Um, and that's why I guess uh, it's kind of weird that I love pagan holidays, <laughs> But I do. I like, I like the, the, the pageantry and ornamentation and merriment of pagan holidays and the way the pagans carry themselves. And uh, I consider myself closer to them than I do Christians. So I think that we should just get rid of Christmas altogether and go back to just celebrating the solstice, celebrate Yule, Saturnalia, all these old holidays. Let's bring them all back just to piss these fucking people off. Hopefully they'll die out soon because it's already like, you know, like how, how long can these people live that are going to be bitching about this stuff? You know, because I always, you know, you always like to think, oh, these people are going to die out. They're just old and they're going to die out. Well, let me tell you something. <laughs> let me tell you something. Like Fire Marshal Bill. Um, they're not dying out. They're creating new ones every day. You know? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's really, really funny. You know, it's like um, you, you think a certain type of person is going to die out. But no, 
Look, there's going to be racists here forever. There's going to be religious conservatives here forever. I talk to young people all the time uh, who are very, very conservative. And, uh, you know, they say you get more conservative as you get older. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe with certain things I've gotten more conservative, but I, I'm still pretty open-minded, pretty liberal. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm not like, um, I wouldn't say I'm a rank and file Democrat or liberal. Um, because I think there is a lot of stuff going on on the democratic liberal side that is just like bonkers and just without any rationality. And, you know, I think some Democrats are this rant's going all over the place. I think some Democrats are just as bad as Republicans. Now, a lot of people would, accuse me of false equivalency, but I'm sorry when, when all you do is watch Rachel Maddow uh, and MSNBC all day. And, you know, just like a duck, just like a duck quacks, you'll repeat all the shit you hear on MSNBC and get worked up. You know, it's like I get on Twitter and there's people on Twitter and all they do is talk about Trump, the Republicans and everything going on, on that side and completely ignore anything their own side's doing. And I'm like, well, that's just as bad as a Republican. Now, are they espousing QAnon views? No. Are they espousing really dangerous ideas? Well, I don't think they're dangerous, but it's still the same thing. It's still this mind-numbing stupidness and blindsidedness. And how did I get on that from Jesus? Jesus is the reason for the season. <laughs> Uh, I don't know how I got on that, but, um, but you know, we need to get back to pagan holidays. That's all I was really trying to say. And another thing that gets on my nerves every year, since we're on Christmas Eve, is a really cold Christmas Eve and I'm drinking a beer and one thing, and I'm cooking cornbread, which I'm looking forward to. And one thing that always gets on my nerves that, and I'm glad this is kind of over. I think this has died out. But about five, ten years ago, about ten years ago, decade ago, you'd get back when Bill O'Reilly was on TV. You would go into like Walmart and people would like come up and like angrily like Merry Christmas and they would stare at you and wait. They'd stare at you and fucking wait. They'd be like, Merry Christmas. And then you'd see the eye, the stank eye come up and they're waiting. They're waiting to see what kind of person you are. And every single time, I would look at him, and I would say, Hail Satan. <laughs> no, I would say, Happy Holidays. <laughs> Sometimes I would say, Happy Kwanzaa. Sometimes I would say, Happy Hanukkah. Because there are other people in the world, and you don't get to dictate what other people say. And I won't dictate what you say. So you can say Merry Christmas. You can come up to me and say Hitler loves you. And I'll go, oh, okay. Well, I guess that's your way of telling me you care. <laughs> and guess what I get to say? I get to say Happy Gay Pride. <laughs> happy Hell Satan Day. You know, uh, happy, what, happy Dildo Day. I don't know. Happy Women's March Day. I don't fucking know. <laughs> we get to say what we want to say. And you shouldn't get mad about it. You shouldn't let other people control the way you think and what your emotions are. You know, it's just insane. So if you're a Christian out there, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. All right? I hope you have a good Merry Christmas. And, and I'm actually going to celebrate Christmas this year. But I'm also going to celebrate the solstice, which I've already done. And I'm going to celebrate Saturnalia, and I'm going to celebrate the Yule, and I'm going to celebrate all these awesome things because it's just a fun holiday. Why? Why should I just have one holiday? I should have multiple holidays that build up to Christmas, and maybe next year I'll uh, incorporate Hanukkah. And I hope this doesn't seem anti-Semitic, but Hanukkah's just—I don't know—it just doesn't seem as fun. I like the—I like the lighting candles part because I don't know. Victoria loves lighting candles. I love, I keep candles all over the house and I just love it. So uh, maybe uh, next year I will celebrate Kwanzaa as well and Hanukkah and everything else. But I just realized um, 
I have to go uh, check on my cornbread. So I'm going to pause this and be right back. All right, that cornbread actually turned out pretty good. It's a little darker than I wanted it. I wanted to have that like light golden crust and it ended up a little on the dark side, but the inside's perfect <laughs> and that's what counts, right? Just like people, the inside's perfect. So uh, I got a recipe. I used the white lily um, cornbread um, cornmeal mix and <clears throat> I uh, mixed in a little honey, a little sugar, um, vegetable oil. You can use olive oil, but it gives it kind of a gamey taste. Uh, I try, you know, I'm like, I'm going to make the cornbread healthier by using olive oil. <laughs> and, uh, but it, it tastes better with vegetable oil to me. I guess I don't know whether it tastes better with vegetable oil or whether that's just the, how it was always prepared my whole life. So I, um, I always use that. So a little bit of honey, a little bit of sugar, uh, and it ended up perfect. Fucking love it. Um, so where was I at? Yes. You have these cocksuckers who will go out into the world and get mad that there's other people in the world. They will get mad that there's people that celebrate other holidays. Now, I'm currently dealing this, dealing with this with uh, some of my family members. Like I have family members that will not talk to me. I have old friends that will not talk to me. And I really don't have any clue because I'm not, you know, I think to myself, I'm like, am I a bad person? Like, am I rude? Am I like horrible to be around? And, and then I realized like, no, you're not, you know, you're, you're not like, you know, you're a little different, but you don't go around bullying people. You don't go around trying to control the way other people live their lives uh, you do your own thing and they're hating on you because you're doing your own thing. Like I like, I, I, I live, I guess I live a kind of a bohemian lifestyle. Okay. Um, I don't have kids. I don't currently have a partner, although I am speaking with someone right now that, uh, is really, really cute, but I'm not going to get into that. But anyway, um, I live an alternative lifestyle, right? Um, and what I mean by living an alternative lifestyle is uh, I don't have a life, okay? I go to work. Uh, I recently tried to buy a house and realized I couldn't afford it. I couldn't afford to live in the ghetto. So I'm still living with my father. But luckily, um, you know, he has, you know, he has a bigger he has a big, nice house that's falling in. It's like, it was nice in 1980. It was really nice in 1980. Big, huge, four-bedroom, three-bathroom house. Plenty of fucking room. And um, and that's what I'm living in now, but I have to drive an hour and a half to work every day. That's the only problem. So an eight-hour workday turns into a 12-hour workday because I don't currently get paid enough to afford a house in Alabama. And this is the reason I get frustrated and politically. I know I'm I know I'm going all over the place with this. I know we're supposed to be talking about Christmas. <laughs> but it's still this really drives me insane that uh I supposedly have a good job that pays a lot of money and uh I can't even afford a shack in the uh in the ghetto. Um well anyway uh, we're kind of living off of the wealth of the olden generation, like the greatest generation and the boomers. All of that wealth is kind of how like millennials and younger people and even Generation X is getting by. Because if it wasn't for that wealth that the greatest generation and um the boomers had, we would be so fucked right now. We would be so fucked because there's no opportunity anymore. Um, you know, it's just like, um, like my grandparents, uh, and I, I know I've went way off field from, uh, happy holidays, <laughs> but you're just gonna have to deal with it. Um, my grandparents, you know, uh, were teachers 
And somehow, as teachers, my grandpa had a house in Birmingham. He had a cabin on the river. And he also had a house that was provided to him because he became a principal. They provided him a house. But I think there was a lot more involved in being a principal than I think you literally had to like be there at all times. <laughs> and and he traveled the world. He um, did almost everything he ever wanted to do in his life. And, um, you know, smoked, you know, three packs of uh, Paul Malls every day. And uh, that eventually, I guess, caused him to have a stroke and die. But uh, um, very productive human being, and uh, he lived a great life, and he had money. You know that him and that generation, they had money somehow. And you know, I don't know how they had money because I look back and I go, well, it didn't look like they were making a whole lot, but they have they they lived way better lives than I'm living now, where he can have two houses and be provided a house by his work and travel the world and do whatever he wants to do. And nowadays you can't do that. You know, and it's just like my dad's generation. He got a good job and, uh, uh, Oh, this is another thing. These two school teachers had enough money that they just bought my mom and my dad a house. Like this is the world they lived in that my dad was like proposed to my mom and my granny was like, Hey, I'll just, I'll just buy me. A, I'll just buy you a house. I, you can pay me back whenever you get, to, whenever you get the money, just whenever you get to scratch, just pay me back. That's the world they lived in. And now here I am, this house that my grandmother bought, uh, my parents, uh, there's like two bathrooms that aren't even usable. The kitchen's run down as hell. Everything in the house is run down as hell. Uh, like there's wood rotting on the side of the house. And I try to talk my father into fixing these things. And he won't even, he's like, oh, I'm on my way out. You know, I'm, I'm 80 something years old. I'm on my way out. <laughs> it's your fucking problem. <laughs> I'm like, but I don't even have the money to make the repairs to your fucking house because I would have to take out a home equity loan for like a hundred grand to get this house in working condition. And I'm not going to do that. So I guess it's just going to fall in and then I'll live in a cave somewhere because <laughs> that's the world we live in now. How did I get that far, that far adrift? Well, anyway, the main point I wanted to make on that is that we really are living off the fumes of the older generation because if it wasn't for these people, we wouldn't, you know, have any money. It's just like my, I have an aunt and, uh, uh, she, they inherited. So I think they inherited a lot of wealth because she had hundreds of acres of land, farmland and, and, um, you know, now all that's gone. You know, all that wealth that she had is gone. It wasn't passed down. <laughs> and uh wasn't passed down to my generation. It was passed down to the boomers, and the boomers just let it all fall in and voted for uh, no minimum wage increases and voted for Reagan and all these people that are breaking up the unions. And now here we are, college-educated, I now have another trade and uh, got a college degree and then went back to trade school. And now I'm making, you know, 55 something. I think, I think I'm going to make 55 this year. If I could get the promotion I want, I'd be making in the 60s. But I still like, you know, one year I went over the road and made 80. That was an awesome year, but I was run down as hell. This is really turning into me like my soapbox. <laughs> so I don't know if I want to take it there, but it's a wonderful Christmas Eve. Uh, if you don't know, uh, if you're listening overseas or if you're listening, there's all these different places that listen in. So we got people that listen in in Belgium. We got people that listen in in Iceland and Norway and all these different places. 
we got someone listening in in a place called Boardman, uh, Broadman, Boardman, something like that. We got people listening in. Um, I want to think somewhere from Virginia and Ohio and California. And uh, we just got people listening all over the place. And so if you don't know, the reason I'm mentioning this, if you don't know, there is an Arctic blast coming through and it made things so, this is how cold it is. We actually, and I didn't even know we had these on our truck and we wouldn't have had these on our truck if I didn't work for the federal government. Um, Cause I've never had these on previous trucks, but I actually have uh, on my truck a uh, engine block heater. And it got so fuck. I mean, it got down to like five degrees in Alabama. It got down to five degrees. So we actually had to plug in our trucks at the end of the night and uh, to keep like the, you know, the fucking DEF and the brake lines and everything on the truck and the engine block from like freezing up overnight because diesels do not do good in the cold. <laughs> and uh, I've had trucks where, like water had gotten to the brake lines or excuse me. Yeah. The brake lines and there's nothing you can do. Like they had to just put it in a shop and let it like, let it thaw out. So that's how fucking cold it is. So cold that like you could cover up your whole body and it still just like stings you. It's, I'm, we're not used to this type of weather down here. Like I used to go up to the Northeast every week and they would, you know, 10 degrees up there is, you know, normal during the winter, right? 10 degrees down here uh, causes mass chaos, even if there's not snow, because we didn't even get snow this time. It's just the temperatures dropped and everything, nothing can handle it. <laughs> so we, uh, we've we had uh, today at least three power outages today. So the power went off early, early this morning, like 4.30 in the morning. And I'm talking about it, it was nine degrees outside. So you can, you know, the, the house got really cold really quick. And uh, then it went off again, like a couple hours later, and it went off again a couple hours later. And apparently uh, TVA comes out and they're like, well, since it's so cold, everybody's using more energy. And when you use more energy, you overload our grid. It's like, huh? What, get a new grid. What the fuck? What the fuck? Like, why can't? Why can't this is? I'm just going to rant about this because this is the shittiness of my country. We are supposedly the richest, most powerful nation on earth, but all of our money goes to military spending and overseas spending. So, everything here, you wouldn't know that we were the richest, most powerful country on earth if you actually came here. <laughs> You know, if you actually came here, you'd be like, where am I at? This can't be the most powerful country on earth. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, I know our roads have potholes. Our bridges are collapsing in. Our fucking infrastructure breaks down every time the temperatures drop below freezing. Um, you know, uh, all our rivers are drying up and our fucking dams are not fucking working anymore and um and you know it just is what it is we we've really it's the decline of our country it's the decline of our empire and i'm wondering who's going to take the mantle now my bet a lot of people make a bet on the um a lot of people make a bet on the chinese and we're fans of the communist government of china because i want i want i want that china market Okay, I want that China market. So I want a lot of Chinese listeners. I respect the Chinese people. Um, but my bet, this is my wild gamble. You know who I think is going to be like the big, the big just like, uh, what do you call it? Um, I can't think of the term. Uh, but just coming out of nowhere, the odd man out that wins. I think it's going to be India. I think India is going to show up and be like, yeah, we're kind of like uh, China, but not as crazy. And we're just going to like ramp up our fucking 
infrastructure and economy and manufacturing, and we're going to dominate. We're going to fucking dominate this next century. All right? It ain't going to be us because we're too fucking lazy. We're too fucking lazy a nation. People are so fucking lazy. You have people, and I think it's, I don't know when all this set in. I don't know when all this set in. Like all the bad attitude and the not wanting to work for a living. I think it set in, because I don't, I don't think people are just assholes. I think that there's just been this mentality that set in because things have been so bad for so long. You know, I think in the late seventies, it just, people just seen a decline and now here we are, you know, no one's making any money. Uh, there's going to be a retirement crisis. No one's going to have the money to retire. Social security is going bankrupt. There's so many problems that our country hasn't fixed. Oh, God, this show's turned into a political show. But anyway, um, that I think that people are just like, fuck it. I don't care. I don't care about my fucking job. Why would I care about my job? I'm making seven twenty-five an hour. You know, that's how people are thinking nowadays. Um, so you go, none of the fast foods, um, fast food restaurants work anymore. Um, nothing operates correctly. Everyone expects a tip and, you just got a tip now because the businesses just aren't going to pay. The cost is going to be passed on to you as the consumer. If you want to go out and eat, you're going to have to tip if you want service. Even for the most mundane things, you're going to have, even for the simplest of services, you're going to have to tip because for some reason, we've just decided that the business doesn't have to do it anymore. That they can sit and sit on a pile of money and everyone can fuck off. All right. I don't like making this show political. I wanted this show to be funny, and I feel like this this uh, first uh, twenty eight minutes that I've done has been like just all over the place and horrible, <laughs> and gotten political. And I wanted it to be funny, but I guess I'm not in a funny mood tonight. So because it's freezing cold, uh, but it has gotten better. I think it's like in the 20s now. I'm not sure, but I think it might be in the 20s. I hope it doesn't get back down to the single digits again, because, again, like my truck won't even start, you know, when it gets to the single digits. But luckily, I have a really awesome Honda that uh, uh, this is my, y'all don't know about my Honda. I used to, I still have the Mitsubishi Mirage. Don't, you know, the Mitsubishi Mirage is my premium when I want to let people know I'm doing good, I drive the Mitsubishi Mirage, all right? Uh, I keep my Hyundai just, you know, as a commuter back and, back, back and forth to work. That way, you know, uh, you know, I tell people, like, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> my, my 2023 Hyundai, I'm embarrassed, okay? You caught me off guard today. I haven't got my hair done. I haven't got my nails done. And I'm in my, this fucking brand new Hyundai. You should see me in my Mirage, all right? Okay, so um, I'm going to have to uh, take a break. Uh, something uh, just happened. We, we we just got breaking news. I'm going to have to take a break because this is a very emotional thing for me. Okay, we got some uh, horrible news in. Uh, we've had some... Uh, some uh, some people pass away, and I, I'm I'm getting drunk tonight. I don't know about y'all, but I'm getting drunk tonight because this is um. There's a band that has meant a lot to me over the years. Okay, um, Victoria Vonenberg, uh, and I just cracked open another beer. Victoria Vonenberg loves electronic music. She loves EDM. She loves electronic. She loves uh, lots of. Um, bands like that like prodigy and and things like that um i'm drawing a blank on other bands but this band uh was very special to me and their lead singer just died his name uh, was maxi jazz and he was lead singer of uh, the band uh, faithless which was a really really fucking good electric band and uh, electronic band and I'll play a little clip here that comes on. I don't know if you can hear it good, but...
just a live performance and uh, I think this one's like really drawn out. Let me see if I can, oh here he comes out. There's Maxi Jazz coming out. I'm just going to describe him. He's coming out. He's got all the light in the background. He's looking fucking amazing. He's got a suit on. He's like pulling the mic up to his mouth and he's looking fucking epic dude. He's bobbing his head. Fucking got the big ears. Skinny as a rail. Probably just done like a bunch of coke. Then you got this bitch on the piano over there. And she's like, yeah, fucking this guy. This guy. He looks like a crackhead. I say that. I say that uh, in love. I say that in love. And he's like, man, dramatic pause. And I'm going to sit out here. People are going to clap. I'm going to bounce. I'm going to bounce around. Because I just fucking done a shit ton of coke and meth and... And then I'm going to give my opening monologue to the song, which I want y'all to hear. So I'm just going to kind of, you know, there's lots of lights. There's lots of things going on. You know, uh, people are bouncing around and dancing. The UK, I don't know what it is about the UK and like Europe and all these places up there. They really love electronic music. And over here, people don't really like it as much. I don't know. It doesn't seem like they like it as much. But over here, over there, people really fucking, here he goes. He's about to start. He's a fucking legend. I only smoke weed when I need to, and I need to get some rest. Yo, where's my sex? I confess, I burned a hole in the mattress. Yes, yes, it was me. I plead guilty, and at the count of three, I pull back my duvet and make my way to the refrigerator. One dry potato inside, no lie, not even bread. Jam when the light above my head went. I can't sleep, something's all over me. Greasy insomnia, please release me and let me dream about making mad love on the heath. Tearing off tights with my teeth, but there's no release. I'm trying to wait in my kitchen. It's really awesome. They got him lit up in red and he's wearing that suit. He looks really good. Looking really hot right there. This is where it slaps. This is where the song slaps. It really hits right there when that. Okay, so just check out Faithless. Faithless is a fucking great band. I fucking hate it that this guy passed away, Maxi Jazz. Um, I always thought that he was like much younger. <laughs> so uh, they say that he was 65 when he passed uh, today, and uh, I thought he was in his 40s. You know, I thought the reason he was like, you know, he always looked very frail. But I just assumed that was from like the rock style, you know, the rock star lifestyle, you know, just fucking snorting coke off a bitch's tits, you know, and just doing all kinds of crazy drugs. And, you know, it's just like Eminem. Eminem, you know, had a, started having heart problems in his 40s from all the drug use. Um, so I just assumed that's what was going on with him, because if I was him, that's what I'd be doing. Um but Maxi Jazz, a fucking legend, man. A fucking legend. And I love all their... They have so many good songs. I mean, just countless good songs. Uh, there's one called like Roots and uh, We Become One and all this stuff. And I just fucking love that band. And uh, it's sad that he passed away, you know, right before Christmas. And, uh, you know, you got to enjoy people while they're here. Because they will be gone. They will be gone. Um, this is a very depressing episode, okay? You're going to deal... Look, Christmas is always depressing. You're going to have to deal with it. There's no comedy here tonight. Uh, we're just going to have a depressing episode because there's another death we got to talk about. So fucking Stephen Bonner died, and, and this guy was a young man. He was 45, and uh, this one really uh, surprised me because I'm like, dude, what the fuck? Like, this guy always looked like he was in tip-top shape. Uh, I do know that, um, I mean, just try, you know, we always try to find an explanation for when a young person dies because we're young and we don't want to die, right? 
I assume we're young. Um, so, you know, this guy was 45, perfect shape, always has like a six pack. Fucking just fell over dead. They think it was all like heart problems or something. And, um, you know, if you, if you don't remember this guy, he had some really spectacular entertain. Like he was never, you know, like a top, top notch fighter, but he was always one of those guys that could go in there and put on a fucking entertaining fight with anybody, you know, but anytime he like got in the ring with someone who was like the best of the best, he would always get his ass handed to him. But, but, you know, his fights with, um, uh, Forrest Griffin and all that, and then people, and, uh, he had a fight with Keith Jardine and who's acting now. And, uh, he just had a lot of really good fights. And that one, that he had with Forrest Griffin was just fucking, they were just like bleeding and just fucking going at it. And just, they just kept going and kept going and kept going and just punching each other and blood going everywhere. And it just, it was one of the most entertaining fights probably in UFC history because it's like they couldn't stop each other, uh, but they had really good cardio. So the fight just kept going and it was just wild and you were just waiting on someone to get knocked out, but no one ever got knocked out. And uh, that fight is supposedly the impetus for UFC becoming a really, really big thing because people saw that fight and they're like, whoa, we got to see more UFC shit because this is like amazing with these two motherfuckers like punching each other in their fucking head. Um <laughs> uh, Okay, so I do have some reviews that I want to go through, and uh, uh, let me uh, write this down. I'm just going to make noises when I'm doing something. Okay, so, all right, let me go through this. So, um, the great boxer, Eric Esch, while we're on fighters, uh, the great boxer, Eric Esch, otherwise known as Butterbean, has a beer, uh, from straight to ale, uh, the money goes to autism awareness. Uh, I've not been able to try it. I meant it's been such a busy week that I wasn't able to go by there and uh, fucking get some butterbean beer. But I'm hoping to go by there and try it because I would like to know what does butterbean's beer taste like, and will it knock you the fuck out? Probably because I think it's like ten percent. So go try some butterbean beer from straight to ale. Um, I just wanted to remind myself of that I was going to buy the beer so I could give you a review today, but again, Christmas just really, Christmas fucking sucks because <laughs> it takes up all my time, my money. I have no money right now. Victoria has absolutely no fucking money, but I did want to review, uh, last weekend I got really shit faced on Tennessee Homemade Wines. That's the brand. Tennessee Homemade Wines. Uh, Muscadine Wine. Um, which is oh, so good. There's nothing, as an Alabamian, as a Southerner, there's nothing I love more than just a, a good glass of Muscadine Wine. And I drank the whole bottle. I drank the whole bottle of Muscadine Wine. And then I put about seven beers on top of that. So um, that's how much I loved it. And I want to recommend it if you're, it's a company out of Gatlinburg, Tennessee, Tennessee Homemade Wines. Check it out. <laughs> uh, also got some restaurant reviews. Uh, and this is like the stupidest fucking restaurant review I've probably ever done in my life. But we're going to do it anyway. So, have you ever been to Applebee's? And when I say Applebee's, I mean, you know, you got to be suicidal to want to go to Applebee's. And today I was suicidal because I've, I've been burned too many times by Applebee's, right? Now, I know there's a chain restaurant where like, everybody's been to Applebee's. Why are you fucking reviewing Applebee's? Well, it's Victoria's podcast and she's going to do what she fucking wants. So I've been burned a lot. Like, okay, so there's an Applebee's in a certain location in Alabama that I've been to uh, when I was younger, like 15, 20 years ago. And every single time I went to this restaurant, 
I would get violently sick and throw up. And I'm stupid because I went there three times. And on the third time I said, what the fuck are you doing? Every time you come here, it's fucking horrible. So I haven't eaten it at Applebee's in 15 years. Until tonight. And the only reason we went is uh, it's been a horrible day. Everything in Alabama shut down. Even my internet was off and I was I was like going fucking crazy because I, I didn't realize that I'm kind of addicted to the internet. And um, I was like, I started cleaning the house and just trying to keep my mind off of the fact that I can't get on YouTube or can't get on Pornhub or anything, you know. Uh, so I was like, okay, what, what's open today? What's open today? And then finally on my phone, I got a little bar of internet. And I was like, what's open? And it was like, Applebee's is open. So I was like, fuck, let's go over there. Let's give it a try. It's been 15 years. It's been over a decade. It's been a decade and a half. Give Applebee's a try. And so we went over there, went over there with my father. And I tried the Bourbon Street steak. And it was delicious. Everything was good. Now, the, the atmosphere was subpar. You know, they just put up some posters and it was just kind of like, I don't know, they could do better. They could do better on their layout. But it basically felt like a Chili's to me. It's like, this is just Chili's under a different name. But my steak was really good. My dessert was really good. Uh, I had the tomato bisque soup, which was delicious. And Applebee's, I guess Applebee's is back on my fucking radar. Uh, which has been off of my radar for a very, very long time. I also tried uh, this morning, uh, I was in Florence, Alabama for work, and I went into a Chinese place called Evergreen. And there was a cute little, cute little Asian guy. Well, I shouldn't get into all that. Look, I shouldn't get into all that. All right. There was a, there was someone cute there. All right, that I really had a thing for. Well, anyway, um, the food was good. And I'm going to go back. Uh, and weirdly, they had meatballs that were really, really good. I didn't expect to have meatballs on a Chinese buffet, but they were fucking delicious meatballs. And then they had this like baked corn and all this different kind of things you wouldn't normally see. And uh, this is a, a fucking fantastic buffet, Evergreen Buffet. Uh, do not go to Mongolian Buffet in Florence, Alabama, because it is fucking horrible. It is the worst fucking buffet you could possibly ever go to. Go to Evergreen. Do not, do not go to Mongolians. Uh, you know, they're not good. They're just not good. Don't fucking trust the Mongolians. All right? All right. Got to take a break. Okay, I'm back. So I wanted to pull this up. That's the reason I paused. Um, there's a show on Channel 4, on BBC Channel 4, called My Massive Cock, or My Massive Asterisk. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to play a clip from it. Uh, there's this, like, you know, little skinny guy. And this is just, this kind of pisses me off. He's like 5'8". He's like skinny as a rail. And uh, was blessed with a massive dong. So it looks absolutely ridiculous on him. I mean, it looks, I mean, it's hard to believe that it's real, but here it is on the show. It's like right in front of you. And for some reason, this guy, he like, he claims that he like, he hates it. And, you know, he claims that he's embarrassed by it. And, uh, you know, it's like, well, why are you wearing sweatpants, dude? Like, so this dude has like a huge, like a fucking huge hog. And he's wearing like sweatpants. And I'm like, well, that's what's going to show it more than anything. Like, if you're embarrassed by it, why are you wearing sweatpants where you can obviously, I mean, and he even says when he goes into like job interviews that people think he has an erection because it's that big. And it is that big. If you watch it, go look this up. My Massive Cock or My Massive Asterisk, Channel 4, um, um, 
Channel 4 BBC. Uh, and I'm just going to play a clip for it right here. This guy is so full of shit. He wants people to see this massive cock. i got no choice because you can kind of see it through whatever. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's either don't go out. It's like a foot long. Someone stares in your really. 22-year-old Joe oh, can't hide his It's thick, problem. too. He suffers daily abuse due to his size. I mean, it's really thick. You usually have a tally to see how many people look. Like, just back there. I mean, if you wore blue jeans, it wouldn't be as noticeable. I usually wear underwear that's got, like, a pouch in the front. Because if you try and push it down, you get, like, a hamburger with a pool lever. <laughs> it's really cute, too. So, it's 9.5 inches. I was playing football. And then one of my mates went to my other mates and just went, you see, that thing is despicable. Yeah, it is. And oh, then fuck, it Jesus. just started as a whole rumor around the school about how big it was. Nelson, the this is why there's like, no God. Oh, okay. Yes, it is. <laughs> this is why there's no God. I it's get a little short, a stubby now, thing. It's thick, but it's stubby. Five, five, six, and then he gets six, six a thick, long, so like big dick. It's like a joke. The it's like God was playing off. a joke. <laughs> Quite off. It's thicker than my forearm. It is, yeah. It's about seven around. I can get my hand around my wrist quite easily, but I can't get my hand around my own. <laughs> Show a Joe is unable to hide his trouser torpedo. Well, he's not going to hide it in those fucking sweatpants. Through art. Well, I'm making a mold because, well, I'm an artist. He's going to make a mold of it. Constantly. It's everywhere. He's having, he's having fun. I'm not making art piece out of this. Look at this guy. He's having lots of fun. Let's do something fun. He's making a mold of his giant dong. This is I mean, I don't understand how he could even penetrate anybody because it would, it would dry. rip. It'd rip somebody to ever penetrate anybody with that. Is that a good representation of you, would you say? Yeah, that's, that's pretty much identical. <laughs> You're not actually being attached to me. It's weird actually feeling the scale of it. Yeah. So, yeah, That's bigger than my out. forearm, and I am a huge man. There's been a lot of times where people talk to me kind of just like, okay, oh, you've got a massive I kind of want to try that. Let's just Let's How? just go. It would fucking a couple of times where people rip the vagina. Like, it would rip the asshole. Like, it would rip you put that into. When I have sex. In case I die. Joe has decided to surprise his friends with his new masterpiece. So he's got his mold he's and he's going to take the mold of his penis to show his friends in Turk's Head Pub. Wow. Wow. It's bigger. He set it on the table and it's bigger than the mug that his beer's in in the pub. Yeah, it's the sort of thing especially when I was younger and, you know, first losing the yeah, yeah, yeah. that sort of thing. People I mean, he's just a cute little twink and he's like got this massive dog. So we'd have sex and then they'd be like, is sex meant to hurt like that? And I was like, oh, I hope not. Oh, no. But oh, I hope I not. I'm just hurting people with my big dick. Oh, I had no clue I was hurting people with my big dick. He's just having fun with it. He's just having fun with it. I mean, I guess I would too. If I had that big a dong, <laughs> I would be just going around like showing everybody and just doing exactly what he's doing, being flirty, being fun, being, you know, just having a joke with it. Like, oh, I don't know what to do. Oh, is, is it big? I don't know. I didn't know my, my cock was huge. It's like, how do you even walk? It's that big. Fuck. Okay, uh, I had to take a break for a second there. Uh, on to uh, news, and I'm going to follow this story because um, I don't know if I've covered this on another podcast, but I believe I have. I believe I talked about it on the last podcast. Um, so they just released some more JFK files, all right? And uh, basically, I've heard all I don't know what to believe because I have not read these files yet, and I probably never will take the time to read these files. I just know what people are saying, okay? Now they're trying to say that uh, Oswald was a Russian agent. And he might, he might have very well been. Um, but they're also holding back 
a ton of JFK files and not releasing them to the public, which I believe is a bunch of fucking bullshit and needs to be dealt with because it's not fair for us. To, like they love to just trickle stuff out. Like, okay, okay. Hey, look, look how shitty the Russians are. Like, Hmm. Kind of, kind of awkward timing for that when we're in sort of a proxy war with Russia and you're like, Oh, we're just going to, you know, release a couple of files and they always release them back. Like they've had 50 years to like release all this shit. Right. And they'll release it and like the print will be bad and you can't even read what it says on the files. And, uh, the national archives is just doing a horrible job with it. But basically from what I've heard this week is that it looks like Oswald actually had, um, a, a really in-depth connection with the Russians and the government's trying to look like, make it look like our government's trying to make it look like he was a Russian agent. But here's the thing that people keep going back to. How did he get out of the army and go directly into Russia? You know, there was no wait time. There was no nothing is like he could just go anywhere he wanted and defected and went to Russia, and all of a sudden he's got a fucking wife and all this shit. Uh, how did all this happen just overnight? And so a lot of people have the theory that Oswald was uh, actually a CIA agent and a fucking patsy, and they're trying to make it look like he was a Russian agent, but really he was uh, working for the CIA doing counterintelligence. And uh, But I don't know. I don't know. All I know is our government is, I still feel like our government's hiding something on this. I really do. I think there's something that they're really not wanting the public to know about the CIA. Because the CIA during that era was doing all kinds of like political assassinations and, and things all over the place that they weren't supposed to be doing when Dulles was running it. So it makes sense that they would try to kill the president that fired Dulles. Because even when Dulles left, he had good connections to the CIA, and he probably had JFK killed. And I don't, I don't know what actually happened. Did, did they know that Oswald was a Russian agent? And they just allowed it to happen? Because... Here's the thing is he had so many connections to the CIA, Oswald did. And they were monitoring constantly. So it's like, was he a CIA agent? Or were they just monitoring him closely? Well, if they were monitoring him closely, didn't they know that he was going to kill JFK and they just let it happen? I mean, what happened with this? How do we, what do we, what fucking happened here? And then you have all this weird stuff with Ruby, who is mafia-connected, who killed him so he could never tell his story because he said that he was a patsy. Then Ruby killed him, and then Ruby ends up getting this weird... You know, he ends up getting put in prison, wants to go to Washington, wants to tell his story, never gets to go to trial and tell his story, and goes crazy in prison after a CIA psychologist named Jolly West just happened to become his psychologist in prison. And this Jolly West guy is like connected to everything that ever happened. You know, he's connected to Manson. He's connected to the fucking guy that killed RFK. He's connected to everybody. So that, that's the thing that I really, will we ever get an answer of what happened with the JFK assassination? And they really don't want to release these files because they know somebody's eventually going to put it all together. And look, I'm not a subscriber to any one particular um, plot or any one particular uh, thing that happened. You know, a lot of people are married to their ideas about what happened that day. I'm not. What I'm saying is I believe there is obviously... And I know a lot of y'all at home listening to this or in your car or wherever you're at listening to this are thinking that I'm crazy. But I'm telling you, if you go down that rabbit hole, if you go down the JFK, I'm telling you, it doesn't matter how rational. I'm an atheist. I consider myself very rational. 
I consider myself very open-minded. You go down that rabbit hole, you're going to get lost and you're not going to be able to come back. But a lot of people go down that rabbit hole and they go down one particular rabbit hole and they believe they're going down the right path, right? Victoria is lost in that rabbit hole and she doesn't know what path to go down. <laughs> you know? And uh, I don't think I'll ever get back to uh, above ground because I've listened to a lot of audiobooks on this. I've listened to a lot of books on it. I've read about it. And uh, something was not right about that day. The CIA needs to come out and say, hey, what were you doing that day? Because a lot of people are going, oh, uh, well, the CIA was obviously in on it and killed JFK. Well, I don't know. But they obviously were involved. They obviously were everywhere you look in that situation. I mean, they were like when Oswald was in New Orleans, uh, they, they ran a lot of those Cuba groups that he was in. I mean, almost everything Oswald did had like CIA connections. And he also had like all these Russian connections and he had all these, you know, different types of connections. And you can see on the periphery, the CIA was on the periphery of everything that happened that day. But I'm not, I haven't subscribed to any particular belief. Okay. All I know is something fucking shady happened that day. Whether it was the Russians, whether it was the Cubans, whether it was the CIA, whether it was the mafia or rogue stuff, I'm leaning toward, uh, what, what I'm leaning toward is that maybe this guy was a nut job working for the Russians and maybe the CIA let the assassination happened. That's what I'm leaning towards. I think that is probably the most likely scenario is the CIA just kind of, they knew he was going to do it and they just said, fuck this guy. He fired Dulles. He's changing our foreign policy. He's doing all these different things. He's just some young punk and we're going to fucking show him the CIA is the true power center of the American government and they fucking just let that bullet go through his fucking brain. And um, I will, I will never, you will never probably convince me that there wasn't something shady going on that day, right? I, I just, I don't know what to believe. And um, there was lots of stuff I wanted to get to today, but uh, I don't think we're going to get to it. Um, but I did want to just talk about that because uh, they keep playing around with these fucking, every year they're like, we're going to release all the files. And every year they're like, we're going to give it another year. We'll give it a little more time. And it's like, just fucking pull off the band-aid. You're fucking driving everyone crazy. You're actually feeding conspiracy theorists. Because if you would just release the files, we could have all the information and we could know, we could have the clearest picture of what fucking happened that day. But they're dragging it out. And I know, it, you know, it just makes me believe there's something in that that's gonna be it's gonna be big, and it's gonna make the American government look really, really fucking bad. But that's all there is to it, and we're gonna have to deal with it. Uh, I hope this hasn't been too depressing of a podcast. I hated that I had to announce the death of Maxie Jazz and Stephen Bonner. Um, I hope that they're at peace right now. And well, I know that they're at peace right now because they don't exist anymore. They're dead. Their bodies are here, but they're not here. And, uh, if you've ever, Oh God, this is going to get so depressing. If you've ever, um, I've had the opportunity. I hate to use that word. Uh, not really opportunity. I was placed in a position in my life where I've, uh, come upon dead bodies before. Okay, people who had passed uh, multiple times in my life, family members, people I didn't know, 
Um, I worked in the hospital for a little while. Uh, walked in with a guy that had just passed, body still warm. Um, you know, I found my grandmother dead. Uh, found my mom dead. Uh, found a lot of people dead. Um, it's not fun. It's really not. It, it's life changing when you walk in on someone and they're gone. Someone you're used to being there, being able to talk, breathe, laugh, do all those things, and they're just they're not there. They're just not there, and they're not they want they're, they're not coming back. And you just you have to deal with it, and it changes you forever. Um, and with that, I'll say uh, this is a very uh, depressing uh, Christmas Eve, and I hate to. Um, depress you all. Uh, so I'm going to try to change the subject <laughs> and, uh, we will, uh, talk about something a little different, I guess. Um, I guess I'll just end the podcast cause I'm just, I'm in one of those moods and, uh, I'm just going to be depressed all night. Probably just going to get shit faced and try to forget the night altogether. Um, it's Christmas Eve. Y'all are probably out. We are families probably at your family's houses. Uh, they're probably getting on your nerves. You're trying to, you know, you, you show up to your family members' houses and you can't really be yourself around your family. You got to like act right and, you know, pretend you like everything's going good and, you know, uh, try to get along with everybody. And then you have, you know, like you'll have some certain family members that show up and take over and get on your fucking nerves and you just got to deal with it. Right. Cause it's your family. Uh, it's fucking Christmas, and this Christmas has been particularly stressful. I was really busy at work. Um, I spent a lot of money buying gifts to try to make people in my family happy, and so hopefully everybody will be happy tomorrow. Uh, I'm not happy. So, um, Merry Christmas, and uh, have a good Christmas. And maybe next week when I talk to you, I'll be in a better mood. God bless you, even though God isn't real. This is the head coach of the Georgia Bulldogs, and I just wanted to put a message out there that that we will not be hunted. We are not at Georgia State. We are not going to be hunted. You know what we're going to do? We're going to do the hunting because we're the Georgia Bulldogs. We're going to hunt you down and we're going to beat you because we're the best damn football team there ever was. We, we refuse to be hunted. We're the hunters. And uh, there's a little there's a little red dot uh, flying around. What's that little red dot flying around? Almost looks like I'm in somebody's scope. Like somebody. We're being hunted. I hate to announce this, but we're being hunted, and we just don't know what to do. I was putting on a show. I was trying to be a big boy, but we're, we're, we're being hunted now. It's like a most dangerous game. I was trying to be a big boy football coach, but I, we're, well, we're, we're on the run now because we're, we're being hunted. <laughs> oh, man, I thought this was going to be a big tough commercial and it ended up being terrible. <laughs> I'm sorry. Georgia Bulldogs were tough.